one. Four-day winning streak heading into a Friday with a jobs number. But you think Apple warning, we'd be tanking. Bears, they don't know what to do. We'll help them figure it out on pre-market prep. We got some earnings. We got Anne-Marie Band at 8.35 to talk about the rally in the bond market and how to approach it now. Folks, let's get it started on pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Here we go, trying to go to a five-day win streak. I don't know, we've had one of those maybe since October. We're in the red by just a tad here. Blame Apple for that. We're down three bucks at 43.32.75. Tight range overnight as uh, the bulls and bears get prepared for battle. Buck down again, 23 cents, trying to find support under 106. Look at those bonds, way above 110, up 10, 30 seconds, trying uh, at 112 and 26, 30 seconds. Crude just consolidating, kind of quiet down here, up 61 cents, 83.07. Gold unable to prove it can clear 2K, up a buck, 80, 1995.30. Silver going the opposite way, down 11 cents, 22.73. Bitcoin. Loses 35K, down $875 at 34425 Let's bring in Triple D, because Triple D, been talking about Apple, talking about the valuation, yeah. talking about them warning, and they warn. And what are we doing? S&Ps are trying to go positive. Bulls in full control. And if you didn't believe it yesterday, you're going to believe it here today because the Apple quarter was nothing special. Um, it was trading just down slightly. And my bring money Mitch in here too. He's going to talk about those numbers here in a minute, but I'll just give you the overall feel here. So Apple warns and guides down slightly, not a huge warning, but stock falls seven bucks. S&Ps don't care. Ignored it. I was like, holy, that's resilience. Anyways, Apple has bounced back off of those lows because the buy the dip mentality is out there right now. I mean, it's out there in everything. We saw it yesterday, even on some of the stocks that missed by a landslide, the dips were getting bought. So buy the dip is fully back here. Not surprising that Apple's getting bought here too on a slight guide down. But Mitch, money Mitch, come in here. Give me those Apple numbers here. Dig in. To the details. His camera's still off, but he's going to figure that out one day. Let's go. There he is. Oh, he's just working. playing with us. Yeah, I, I reset the battery. I'm, I'm, fingers are crossed here. Uh, just like fingers were all crossed for the Apple report. Uh, let's get to the action here. Apple EPS $1.46 per share uh, versus $1.39 per share expected. And now I'm going to run through the revenue, of course, and through each segment. Revenue is 89.5 billion versus an 89.28 billion expected. iPhone revenues at 43.81 versus 43.8 billion expected. Mac revenues at six at 7.61 billion versus an 8.63 billion expected iPad revenue also missing here at 6.4 billion versus 6.07. Wearable uh, revenues were also down 9.32 billion versus a 9.43 expectation there. Service revenues also down here at 22.31 billion versus a 21.35 billion expectation here. So simply put, every hardware business outside of the iPhone declined year over year. Apple didn't give a formal guidance either. Um, of course, they mentioned that they expect December's quarter revenue to be similar to last year's revenue. Max sales definitely came down below Wall Street's expectation, falling nearly 30%, uh, 34% year over year. And so Apple, of course, still has an insane amount of cash, though. $162.1 billion. 
Um, yeah, maybe use some of that cash, right? Maybe they're going to pay off growth, the debt. Right? When, when the debt comes up for refinancing, because they probably finance at a ridiculously low rate, when that comes up, they'll just turn over and pay that off. Money, not money, money. Want to pay 6 7%. I'd imagine they turn around and pay that off. But so that may be where the cash goes. Um, so taking, you know, and just looking at it overall, iPhones, services, revenue slightly up year over year, and then everything else declined. Uh, fourth consecutive quarter of year over year decline. We're not talking four consecutive quarters because some people were looking at it saying, well, I, you know, the revenue went from 81 to 87. So it's not. Why is CNBC talking about? We're looking year over year decline because you got to compare apples to apples, quarters to quarters. So it's a fourth consecutive year over year quarter of revenue decline. Here it is so highlighted great. so you can see it on Benzinga but, Pro. Yeah. You can see all the quarters, but nobody. So you can see the 121. So yeah. And I highlighted the two that we're comparing, right? Q4, Q4. There you guys see it. 89.49, 90.14. So slightly down on it, but still down year over year. I mean, here down, we are. Yeah. Only down four bucks. Uh, down 393, 173.64. I think you just got to look at, we'll just use the activity from yesterday. Uh, potential gap fill at 175.46. Uh, Try to get there earlier this morning. So I think that's good resistance uh, for now. See if you get a gap fill. And then coming on the downside, I mean, unless they really try to whoop this market, that pre market low was under. Under 170, uh, I think Dennis, you did say, yeah, 169.33. Uh, but you have to look at just. I, I'd go ahead of that. Your two-day low is uh, well, right in that same area. So I think 170. If the Bears really want to bust this thing today, they got to get it under 170. And if the Bulls want to say, hey, you know, next quarter is going to be better, then we'll get it. Uh, we'll get it into yesterday's range and test the close. But just think, you said $162 billion in cash, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, what you confirm. said? Yeah. 162.1. <laughs> Man, if they're getting 5% on that. <laughs> well, they, they are. You got it, Joe. They're making money. They're they're literally doing the same thing I am with Scotia Bank. You know, like yeah. they're borrowing. Probably I don't know what their rate is that they borrowed that money at, but I probably guarantee you it's not five percent. Might help their uh, might help their share repurchase. I tell you, I that's not you know you look at something like that's that. That's an asset. That hope, that's baby. a huge asset. That money that's borrowed at that low rate. Yeah, that's and the question. Where is it allocated? <laughs> I bet you the guy where they're doing the bet. Well, I'm sure they do it at all different places. But I mean, you know, you can say whatever, not not producing products and not a new thing and not a new Apple car. But to be in that kind, how many? Just think about like how many companies are in the opposite position, right? Where they have debt and they have low cash. So I mean, it's you know whether that means the stock's going to 200 or 160. I just I think. I just kept thinking about that. 162 billion times five percent. That's a lot of money. I did good management it's there by Tom. Not Cook. confirmed, but Tim. Spinner, who does a lot of research, he thinks Apple's rate is 1.5 percent for. Yeah, he's years. probably right. They borrowed by who lends money? If that is correct, it's better. You're probably right. It, who yeah. lends money at 1.5 percent for 30 years? That's got to be the dumbest lender. In the history of lending, let's short that bank. Who's on the other side of that? That's who you want to be short. You know who probably is? is these dumb regional banks. <laughs> dumb oh, regional man. banks. That's why me and Mitch hate the regional banks. We're not going to go on a regional bank tangent here, but their mortgage books are all just, you know, ridiculously bad. Yeah, if they had to actually, like, you know, bring that stuff mark to market, most of these things are insolvent. So that's where the problems lie. That's going to be the continued problems. Stupid lending. Who lends money at 1.5% for 30 years? If that's right, that is the dumbest. That is the dumbest <laughs> loan I've ever heard of. And Apple are geniuses for that. Yeah, we'll I, take I, it. I'll take it too. The one thing about the Canadian banks, we're going on a tangent here. The one thing about the Canadian banks, they all reset after five years because they don't lend more than five years out usually. So, you, you know, they got to get through these recent struggles. And it's why I have started to nibble into the Canadian banks, because some of these resetting are going to be actually, they're going to be making more money eventually. Like I said, my on my rental property, it comes up in December 2024. We know RBC had a note that $500 billion worth of Canadian mortgages will be maturing in the next 18 months. 
that's going to hit the consumer. We know the Canadians are in a different situation because, you know, we don't lend 30 years out like they do in the States. I mean, the consumer is going to be a lot more resilient in the States when they don't have to worry about paying 7 8% on their mortgages. So completely different animal. But makes me think that, you know, the Canadian banks eventually are going to be in better shape than their U.S. counterparts because they're in three, four years, they're going to be making money off of these high rates where you're going to have, if, if the rates stay high, and in three, four years, the U.S. banks will still be losing money on all these long-term mortgages. Just don't pick up the phone when they call in uh, in 2024. Yeah, when they call December, hey, we just want to let you know your mortgage. <laughs> a problem no, is they automatically just, renew. Change numbers. <laughs> yeah. Block, let's take a look at Block. Q3 adjusted EPS, 55 cents versus 47 cent estimate. Total revenues at 5.62 billion versus 5.441 billion estimate. Block says in Q3 of 23, Cash App generated 3.58 billion of revenue and 984 million of gross profits, up 34% and 27% year over year. They do see Q4 gross profits at 1.96 billion to 1.98, and a year over year growth of 18 to 19%. Adjusted EBITDA, 430 million to 450 and their operating income at 40 million to 60. Again, just relief rallies in stocks that are massively oversold. We talked about combing the ditches, looking for laggards yesterday. That was the trade. That's what they bought. They bought all the junk. They were coming oh, in man. and just looking what hasn't went yet. They exactly did that. Square popping up yesterday, and then the relief rally here because the earnings weren't that bad. Short squeeze, whatever you want to call it. I mean, give it perspective. The stock was $300 a year and a half ago. Close to $300. $289. It's 40 bucks two days ago. So it's 50. So it's a nice pop. But we get back to where the stock was in September. You know, long-term shareholders still massacred in oh, the stock so they can dance yeah. in the streets and say, oh, yeah, we're coming back. Here comes all-time highs for uh, $289 per square. Keep dreaming because it isn't coming back there ever to $289. Yeah. Um, the good news, though, is for people who bought it three days ago, they're making some money. If you bought anything three days ago, you're making a lot of money. The tea leaves were there. You needed to cover your short three days ago when we started talking about it on pre-market prep. You could feel the difference. You could feel the buy the dip mentality coming in here. It's there. I don't know how much more gas it's got in the tank because it's been an incredible four-day rally. Ryan Dietrich saying that this uh, five days, historically, is one of the best five days for the stock market all year from a it seasonality Good call by Ryan, yep. Ryan, we got to bring on because it's bottomed on Ryan Dietrich's day that he was calling for a bottom. Now, Ryan was wrong, you know, for the couple previous months there. So we're not going to give him all credit. But Ryan, you've been pretty spot on on this. This five-day rally, Ryan Dietrich rally, we'll call it here, spot on. This is the last day of that five-day rally. So if I was bought, if I had bought stuff three days ago, like a lot of stocks, like from a trading perspective, I know I bought some investments. But, but if I bought stuff like three days ago that I was just had a short-term time frame on, I think I'd start to ring the register here. Selling the right No two now. days are the same. No two days. I think you got to start selling it. Yeah. Yeah, but I would just say if you're you're going from yesterday's book, uh, then these ones that opened gapped up, they kept on going. Now you had a different market. You had the you know the spoos were ripping. They ripped on the eight thirty number. Uh, but you know every day is different. And I'll just go specifically in square here. You're off the pre-market high. Uh, pre-market high comes in in the 52 handle. 50, oh, actually, it got the 53.45. And you have some daily highs. We're way up here in this area. So make sure you get filed through to that pre-market high. And then who knows, you know, how high it could go. If you, like, stall at, like, 52 early on, then you start to leak. And uh, a, lot of ra- a lot of room down to the top of yesterday's range. And, just look at PayPal here. PayPal unaffected. Uh, good day yesterday, but kind of crickets in PayPal so far. Let's take a look at travel. Expedia Q3 adjusted EPS here, $5.41 versus a $4.93 estimate. Expedia's Q3 revenues were at $3.929 billion versus a $3.857 billion estimate. Uh, Q3 booked room nights were up 9% year over year, and they announced a $5 billion share repurchase authorization and reiterated full year guidance. 
do booking with it. They came out the exact same time. As yeah. soon as Expedia, Expedia, I think, beat them just by a little, like a, like, a, like a few seconds. As soon as Expedia popped 10 bucks, I was like, oh, I should have just hit booking because they're automatically going to sell the other one because that's just what they do. They never seem to rally on both. So Expedia booking, do the booking, and then we'll break down the technicals on both of them, Mitch. All right, their EPS came in at 72.32, beating the 67.61 estimate. Revenues at 7.3, beating the 7.26 billion estimate. Um, so a beat and a beat also there. This one reported area. second. That's the problem. Even if it's 30 seconds late, it's like, oh, it's not going to expedi algo sell. Uh, you got the pop over 105. Uh, Pre-market high comes in at uh, 105.66. And I should move this line right down here because there are a couple highs in that area. And those two highs come in right there. One of the 105, higher 105 handles. So little confluence there. Once again, hold out for that pre-market high, 106 bid. If not, perhaps you get a little bit of a fade. Uh, bookings, I, it, I, I don't know how many people trade this. So unless one level sticks out to me, I'm not going to give you anything for BK. What are they going to split that stock? It's uh, the cool yeah, thing now, too. Celsius so. announced a split, though. CELH is up seven bucks. They announced a three-for-one stock. I just had a Celsius yesterday while trading. What's that? I just had a Celsius yesterday while trading. Did you? Yeah, man. It was never tried it. It's good. Oh yeah, when you know when you're trying to trade, you know, multiple stocks, you might just need a Celsius. But uh, yeah, they call it the healthy energy drink, right? Quote unquote. Why is it healthy? No sugar in it. Uh, it just has like more vitamins, uh, natural yeah. flavoring, stuff like that. They bring in like the you know the the hype words to get you to buy it, right? It works. I'll tell you that much. What I like about them is they have sparkling and non-sparkling energy drinks because you know some people just they're just not into the seltzer water. They just want like kind of like a juice. Pumpers, yeah, stuff, yeah. Stuff like Todd, that. Gord so Todd Gordon's been on this one for a long, a long, long, long time. He loves it, so I'm sure he likes it. So he, I, I, I actually tried it. I think this is the only one I ever tried. Was, uh oh. Uh, yeah, like I've never tried. Mine. I don't want to see yeah. Joel on the Celsius. Watch it, out. I mean, it was, it was okay. Big pop here off the stock split, <laughs> up eight bucks on not much volume. I mean, does this make the company automatically? more profitable i'm not sure the 170 area if you're looking for more your next daily high comes in at 173.50 for celsius holdings all right let's go to the DraftKings donkey kong as i like to call it uh eps here at 61 cents beats the loss of 70 cent estimate sales of 789.96 million beat the 685.21 million estimate they raise fiscal year 23 midpoint revenue guidance here from 3.5 billion to 3.695 billion and introduce full year 24 uh, revenue midpoint at 4.65 billion. Uh, over the estimates, DraftKings has been going sideways. That's what leaned me a little bit to the bullish side on this report and a really hell of a good day for Penn yesterday. So oh, not yeah. bad there for DraftKings. Are you playing a video game it. there? Are you playing a video game? You like that no, one? Because he, he's called it Donkey Kong. Joel doesn't catch Joel didn't, Joel didn't get that oh, one. Oh, <laughs> Donkey Joel didn't Kong get that Kong. Because he called it Donkey Kong. I kind of like the Donkey right. Kong nickname for it, too. Here, it does look like Donkey Kong. Hey, you got to um, have your pet names for your stocks. What was man. the pet news yesterday? Was it earnings? I didn't even, there was so many earnings, I missed it. So what's good? They had a miss also... on revenues, but they, uh, they miss on EPS, but they beat on revenues and it wasn't very much. So yeah, the big thing know. for I... them is the 15th trash. date, the 15th date of November, guys. That's when ESPN bets goes live. Oh yeah. Um, so that's the big thing there. I think that's what they're trying to get ahead of. Um, we've been waiting to see what would happen with that. That's the date to look out for, November 15th. You know what? I hear them advertising and stuff. They're like, oh, $10 deposits and $5 free bet. And I'm like, well, who, who, I mean, who does that? But anyways, just look at uh, money, man. The brokers ain't giving me free money. I'll tell you, you that much. you got a big pop and you've had a fade. Thirty-one seventy-five. You're a buck seventy-five off that high. That's going to be tough to get uh, to get that back, man. Oh, and you had all these daily highs at thirty-one seventy. So let's do a reset here, and not much in the thirty handle, but uh, let's hold out for that. See if we can get back up there. It's just 
different complexion of the market today, right? Who knows what's going to happen after the jobs number? Uh, so, you know, I don't know if you can, you're going to get a Shopify-type oh, yeah. move or something. But uh, It's silver lining market, market here now, Joel, though. Any yeah. dips get bought. Bulls in control. You got to watch out. So dips get bought. Trading hat is still buying dips. Well, got to bring there's a little, any dips. Got to got to bring sometimes <laughs> a little bit of the sound action, right? Like the sell, 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 sell. 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 All right, let's take a look at the disaster stock of the day. The Bill.com. Oh man, Bill Holdings is uh, really getting destroyed. We keep you guys have been Holy. talking about it. We keep seeing stocks go down like this. This is not going to make investors really happy out there. Uh, Q1 adjusted EPS 54 cents beats the 50 cent estimate. Sales of 304.99 million beat the 298.03 estimate. But then here comes the disaster is in the revenue outlooks moving forward, right? Uh, They cut fiscal year 24 total revenue outlook from 1.28 and 1.30 to now 1.205. And to a high end of 1.245 billion. So cutting that even on the low end, not gonna make it to the high end there. Uh, they revised adjusted EPS forecast from $1.82 to $1.97, now down to $1.64 and $1.97 on the high end. See a move like this makes me want to go take all my money out of my bill.com account. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. that's a disaster move. That's sure. a disaster. I mean, this is get after Paycom to PAYC. Obviously, that oh, one was just point. incredible down. Bell.com yeah. now here, boom, down as well. Off the lows, buy the dip uh, mentality is emerging. My buddy at Bright was picking up at 56, and he's just like, I'm just buying dips because stuff's just going back up. Well, it's already our son 61, so he just made 10% on that call. Blindly buying the dip. Just don't be early. You got to give it like a few minutes after those earnings reports. Let it flush out and stop going down. That's the whole key when you're buying dips on earnings. I'll give you this again. You let it flush out. Don't catch the falling knife as it's going down. You got to let it flush and then start to climb back up. Because if you're just catching that early flush, you could have bought it at 70 or 75 and you'd be crushed. So can't just blindly buy anything. Let them Dennis, stop. I know, I know you're like your head's on a swivel and you're probably watching like five, six, seven, eight, you know, different earnings when things come out yeah. like this. Yeah. But I, and I can't, I don't think this happens. I did like a, a happenstance. And I think it's something that you really, and I know you don't have love charts, but if you would have had your monthly chart up on this thing, Okay, and you would have seen a monthly low back in 2020 at 5329, 5329, it get to 5316, and then it got the bounce. But how, but how quick can you be? I mean, they probably, I mean, you would not have time to. You know, to you're do not going to get that low unless your order is out there. You exactly. got to just buy. Like I said, my buddy at Bright was buying 56. <laughs> so, which feels like, you know, it stopped going down by that point in time. Again, just blindly buying the dip working. You know, like there's no like, oh yeah, full analysis here. Well, 56 from a cash flow. Per- no, none of that. Just like it stopped going down now and stocks are getting bought on dips. Paycom, you mentioned trading. Paycom software back on back on track here. Green Day yesterday. Paycom is the one that got hit too. So uh blindly uh, buying the dips still. Yeah. Wow. We're moving today, guys. Paramount Global EPS of 30 cents uh beat here and revenue grew. Uh, Paramount Plus revenue grew 61%. Subscribers reached over 63 million. Net additions of 2.7 million in Q3. Paramount's global CEO said that the 24 Super Bowl inventory is virtually sold out. And I think that's what really helped it here um, when they mentioned that about the Super Bowl ads. Um, Of course, you know, subscriber growth isn't going to hurt it. But definitely, I think mentions like that way ahead of the, I mean, we're in, November, so that's in February. Good, good outlook there for par. Yeah, I got the pair on PARA versus PRAA, so I'm hedged. Um, you know, I do that contractual pair arbitrage sometimes when you got the two listings there. Um, mm, that's interesting. I, I'll try to get 
It's it's not really. It's just boring trading. But you know, when one gets up a little yeah. bit more than the other, I short the one and put on the other one. Trying to, I'll, 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 I will take this off. You know, somewhere after the open when the liquidity comes in. PARAA is very illiquid in the pre market, so um, you wait for the real liquidity to come in after the open. A buck off the high. This thing got the thirteen forty five. Well, that guidance too. I yeah. think I remember saying. Uh, I just I just saw it go by in the headline there, but I believe guidance came out, and knocked it back down. Okay, so this that's one, a trash stock. I'm talking yeah. against my pair, but I, I'm like yeah. again, I'm hedged. But that's 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 just you know, dash for trash is working right now. It totally worked yesterday ahead of it. You can't get married to any of these stocks. So just think about, you know, like these are trades. When you're buying trash stocks and there's a ton of them rallying right now, don't get married to them because eventually they turn. So just be careful when you're buying trash stocks because if you hold long enough, eventually you're left with trash. Keep an eye on the 1255 area. There was a pair of highs back there in October. Then you had them in later October. So, but it's all, you know, it's up here. It's bid. So maybe get you no know, nice round number like 13 comes into play. But uh, once again, Kent, you know, it looks like you have buyers here even at 1240, 1250. So uh, not a bad move here for PARA. But man, also the average daily range on this thing is probably like what? Well, yesterday it had a 30 cent range or two days ago. It had a 30 cent range. The day no, really, yesterday it had a 90 cent range. And, you know, people are buying this thing up uh, two and a half bucks. Uh, huh. Got to be careful on that, on these stocks and their expected moves. Not, not, only, not only the straddle move, but just like your nine day average trading range, they probably coincide. You'll see the, and obviously we have the jobs number coming, so I could change things, but yeah. you see the S&P just trying to tick to flat. A lot of stocks green. I would say I'm looking at my screen and 70 or 80% of stocks are green here today. The reason for that is the bulk of the S&P decline is indeed Apple. So you're looking at other ones, Microsoft up, Meta up, Netflix mm -hmm. up, you know, Tesla's went red just slightly here, but ARC is up. You know, you've got a ton of tech stocks even up. And then if you get outside of tech and the banks and the IWM, IWM is trading up 0.5% right now. So it's it's basically just money rotating into other things as they rotated out of Apple a little bit this morning, even though Apple dip is getting bought as well. All right, let's get to those numbers. The outlook that's coming in here. A lot of reports going to be coming in here. You guys see it on the screen. Um, there's a lot coming in here. We get an unemployment rate. Uh, we're going to get, of course, the jobs number. Uh, there's global uh, PMI numbers that come later today. Average hourly earnings labor force participation lots coming through here at 8 30. the big numbers will of course we'll be watching is october's jobs report uh <laughs> which is expected to have an increase of a hundred and seventy thousand um and after of course compared to september's blowout of three hundred and thirty six thousand, and the unemployment rate is expected to hold steady at 3.8 percent so let's see what happens with that that's going to be what i will be watching um, especially if we could see that spike to 4% or something like that. Uh, is bad news a good news? Good news, bad news here, guys? What do you guys all think? I mean, dips it's all good bought. news. In my opinion, dips are going to get bought. So if you see a significant dip on this number, probably gets bought. What do you think, Joel? You're on the mute button. Oh, the old mute trick. Joel, unmute. No dip to be had. <laughs> unmute, my friend. All right, 8.30 is coming in here. We'll see what happens. Go wide. We are popping here. Go wide. We are doesn't, popping. doesn't look like any dip to be had here. October jobs report is coming out now. The algo is I got 150,000 versus 180,000. So coming in light on that non-farm payrolls for October. Participation rate at 62.7 versus 62.8 prior um now i'm looking at private non-farm payrolls 99,000 versus 158,000 expected 263,000 prior uh so definitely under that expectation there um and i'm TLT now I'm looking exploding for exploding higher here unemployment again. rate there it is sorry about that uh 3.9 versus 3.8 percent estimate uh unemployment rate going up to 3.9 versus a 3.8 and those yep. are the numbers yeah, light yeah. number here, light yeah. number. This gives more, um, you know, more impact. Powell's done. The Fed's done. They're, they're done. 
So I mean, but that number, was just given, right? I think not really though. If this number comes in hot, then people start thinking about it again. But it like okay. adds more weight to they're done. So if you're buying stocks because you think the rates are going to start going down, you're winning right now. TLT now, boom, up another one percent here. Everything has turned That's in the, the last watch, few right? days. Rates are the driver here, people. We've talked about the TLT going to be the driver for the next rally. That is what is happening here once again. TLT breaking out through the 85, 87. You start thinking about 90 here now. Rates have topped out. Algo Jumpers got it right. Uh, right before the number came out, 829, I was on mute trying to tell you the uh, first move <laughs> that the Algo Jumpers made uh, was up. They took it up uh, to yesterday's high, and then they got it right. You got the spike here. That's a one-minute move. So market continuing its uh, tradition of making your highs or lows for the week on a Friday. Uh, if, you know, if you're looking for resistance here based on the daily charts, I can't give you any, but that doesn't mean that they won't find the level. Uh, the next level on the dailies, the next daily high comes in at uh, 43.6650. That's your October 9th high. That's only one high, though, in that area. So how much significance can you give that? Uh, the next daily high after that, you won't believe it. It's uh, closer to... 4,400 at uh, 43.99 and a quarter. So, Algo Jumpers got it right. Limited daily resistance. Who cares about Apple, Dennis? And that was the one thing you said this morning is that the bears are in trouble. You got a uh, not a trouble, good man. report from the second biggest stock. I also wanted to uh, tell you guys that now Apple is the second biggest component in the S&P. And that was even before the trading action of the last couple days. So uh, nice pop here off the jobs number. Dennis, how are the stocks looking? Oh, they're ripping. And banks, especially TLT, IWM ripping higher here. I mean, you can look at the S&P, but that is heavily weighted Apple. Apple obviously still down $3, so that's putting weight on it. IWM up 1.1% again here. So beat up. So beat up, bounced right where it needed to. You just can't get married. Once it stopped going down, you could just feel it. You could feel it three, four days ago. And when you're short stocks, you cannot get married to short positions because stocks just don't go down forever. And I'm not saying that, you know, the lows are in and this is, you know, like the very bottom here. But I'm saying if you were short, you had a pretty good September and October, it was time to cover. And now, you know, you've got to reevaluate here and you got to wait. Seasonality plays into effect here. We're going to a historically very strong couple of months. I think obviously going into January, I think we're going to see a weaker period here again. But bulls could have some life here, and the bulls could have some life really for the next couple of months. The only thing I see, and I'm still going to call it, I still see a a, a block uh, that's going to we're going to run into Nvidia's report. If that report's good, then yeah. But if that report's bad, I think that turns it all right back down. But they said that about Apple, Mitch. We could you could stay on the bear train all you want. But I think you, you I think know, Nvidia is more AI related than that. Th that's why I would say Nvidia will say, run the boat. There. Apple warns, falls seven bucks. And the S and P say no, How's we're not move? selling off. That's a yeah. tell in itself. That was a tell last night. S and P should have dropped twenty handles on that warning. They did not, and it was telling you they were going to buy everything else. And that is exactly what is is materializing here. You you got to read what's happening. ETF effects drive it all. It's all about ETF effects. When Apple falls seven bucks, it's worth a lot of weight in the S and P. S and P's are trading up now too. Obviously, this jobs number rates matter. TLT is the only thing that matters here right now. Nvidia is still a couple of weeks out here. Things could change by then. I don't. Again, I'm not chasing stocks, but if you get these earnings dips. I think we look, you know, at stocks that are dipping today on earnings. They probably get bought because they were buying trash stocks on earnings dips yesterday. Probably going to do it again. You had a couple hundred companies reporting overnight. If you like any of those, I'm not saying it's the bill.coms, but if you're liking, you know, any of these from, you know, a longer term perspective, don't be afraid to strike. All right, guys. Yeah, smash bill. The light. Moving up. I just want to make, you know, just say one thing with, of course, the bonds and the TRT helping, you know, we don't. Of course, we don't know they're pausing, whatever. This looks like you take a quarter, but at least the banks now are it's steadying things a little bit, right? It's like they're not, you know, with the bonds going down like that, they're not on constant, constant siege. Now they can they can take a breath here and say, okay, now, you know, now we can make a, a four-month plan or a six-month plan or an eight-month plan. But uh, let's see what Anne-Marie has to say. 
Anne-Marie Band of the Trading Book joining us here on Pre-Market Prep. Anne-Marie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I have to say, you know, anytime a short squeeze comes on like that run by the bond market, it's uh, it's something that you got to just not trade in front of, right? Yeah. Bond, the bond stops. vigilantes, right, are out there. Yeah. But so it, you know, what I, we, we've been talking the last week or so, uh, I don't know if you were listening, we talked about the Ackman bottom, right? Uh, just getting farther and farther away from that. Uh, but it, you know, that it's easy to look back and say, oh yeah, that was a bottom. Now we've had this rally. Now as a trader or investor, if you miss this move, you got to be much more, ta I mean, what do you do? Do you chase and chase and chase? And then when you get the pullback, add some more. So if you want to talk to TLT, we could talk to TLT or talk to bonds, but let's move forward. Like we've had the move now. Now, what, what, how should traders and investors approach it? Well, you know, just like Dennis was saying a minute ago, people are continuing to buy the dips. And so for me, I have to think about what the, what time frame I'm looking for. How long am, am I going to hold? So I am of the mind that this is a reflexive move. It's being brought on by the bond market, which is, of course, much bigger than the stock market per se. And the bonds are having that push up on this notion that, hey, he's going to have to cut rates. And so by him saying, hey, let's just take a peek at what's going on. Let's watch these interest rates. We're ahead of the curve. Let's watch these interest rates uh, leak into the market. We're running pretty well. No need to raise again. Let's just have a peek and take a look at this. Remember, the goal is to break the back of inflation. So if the stock market comes out and expands dramatically, that's going to create buying after people say, hey, you know, I made a bunch in the market here. I'm going to turn that to cash and I'm going to buy X. And what that ends up doing is keeping the rate of buying things in the economy much higher. And so what we're doing is feeding into something that's eventually going to eat itself. So my, my thought is this. Think about your time frame. If you're looking for hey, I want to hold on for the long haul, wait for the, the aggressive buying to stop and look for a retrace into a higher low. And that might be, you know, I'm like you, Joel. I love the monthly charts. I start with the monthly charts every day. I, I look at them and I go, hmm. Where am I in relation? Yeah, a monthly to the month. chart right up here. I I look at the month. I, I I talk about the monthlies all the time. But um, you brought something back here. You brought me back to my ninth grade geometry days with Mr. Cisco, and I was good at algebra, but I wasn't very good at geometry. Could you just go a little bit more in depth here as far as the reflexive property and that the components, the bond market, the other factors that are playing into this? Okay, so I see. Uh, re reflexive motion as any motion that has a tremendous amount of speed on it. So not geometry, but physics in terms of I'm going to throw a ball with a certain amount of speed against a wall. It's going to hit that wall and outside of any force that's sitting on that wall, I'm going to have another bounce in the equal and opposite direction, all else the same. And so what it tells me is these macro voices are still saying, listen, we're going to have a hard landing. We're going to have a hard landing. We're going to have a hard landing. And so a lot of people are listening to that and they're going short and they're saying, these guys are right. I think this is going down and they're shorting. Sorry about the sun. It's coming in the window there. And I know it's got my, uh, my sun's crowd, always my... shining on you, Anne-Marie. <laughs> 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 um, so when that move is like that, it means people are running for the fire escapes if they're short. If they're long, 
or if they want to go long, they're terrified of, oh my goodness, I'm going to miss the move. So they'll wait for an hourly candle to go by, another hourly candle to go by, and finally they'll go, I got a pile in, I might have missed the bottom, so I'm going to go in big, and I'm going to watch it until it stops moving higher, and then I'm going to try and get out. And so all of these personalities are moving together in here, and what we really have to think about is, what does a stable move look like? And really... I don't even know where we can find a stable move per se, but if we just look at SPY into 2020, when we hit that bottom and it began to lift off of that March low, that April low, we had, if we take a look at the weekly chart, we can see that, or even the monthly, that works fine. We can see that we have a V bottom on the month but if we look at the weekly chart, we can actually see that there's a bottoming formation or even the daily, it shows us that. There's a little bit of a bottoming formation when it comes into there and it stops heading lower. Just like Dennis said a minute ago, which is absolute wisdom, how to buy a dip is that you wait for that wick to start showing up on those lower levels where the chart has stopped heading down and it begins to make these higher lows because that's where buying pressure comes from underneath. Buying pressure always comes from underneath. It's selling pressure that comes from above. And so as we watch this, we can see, wait a second, I did pull back and try to make a higher low because there are people a lot like me that are sitting going, is this real? Is this a real look for a swing trade? And my contention is that it isn't. It's great motion for buy the dip. And I know you said mm -hmm. this a couple of days ago on Twitter, Dennis. I saw you. You said, hey, listen, buy the dip is, is really continuing to work. And until it doesn't, if we're intraday traders, that's what we're going to have, have to do. So my thought is, listen. If it holds the close of the prior day, whatever chart you're looking at, it's in a buy zone. And you manage your risk from there, depending on where the last level of old resistance, new support sits. And that's really moving into that tactical place of, okay, I'm going to wait for the shallow pullback and I'm going to buy. And as long as it makes a higher high, and as long as it makes a higher low, say on your 30-minute or hourly candlestick, you stay in the trade until the market tells you that you're wrong. Love it. Don't don't look for the top here. Do not. Love it. And uh the only thing that I kind of learned in that time was uh V bottoms might actually exist because I've seen too many of these lately. So we'll be looking for those capitulation lows to get off of. But Anne Marie, I wanted to of course ask you, where do you see opportunity now that we're getting this turnaround in the market? Is it technology? Is it industrial plays? Are you defensive? What are you looking at out there? So you know what? I I am defensive but i'm not playing defensive stocks per se um what i would say is i think that commodities are in a very large bull cycle which is why i believe inflation is going to be sticky and so i'm looking at things that are commodity based and i'm looking at companies that have pricing power and so um, the places that I see that uh, really are in the big, the monoliths of uh, the Archer Daniel Midlands. Uh -huh. The If I'm looking long term, not about general movements, right? I'm looking at those guys, exactly, just... Love what you're you're looking at there. Notice when this market starts bottoming. Look at where look at where General Mills is. This is what GIS is, right? No, GS GIS is what is General that? Mills. Yep. Yes. Okay. So look at that monthly candle formation, right? It's got that W bottom. And remember, you always look at is my chart making a higher low? 
is it closing higher? And the second it starts saying yes, you get in and start positioning yourself from that space. And you can see that all of these guys, I'm looking for value. And these guys have sold off a fair bit, but I still believe they have pricing power. And because one of the largest landowners in the country is Bill Gates, and I'm figuring the guy knows what he's doing with his money, he's picking up a lot of agricultural um, holdings. And I think that that's really what we want to watch. They aren't they aren't beautiful per se, but they are coming in to support edges. And I know I'm not paying too much for them in the big picture. I know that's not sexy. <laughs> so Anne-Marie, how do we go from here? Because what has happened, obviously, four or five days ago last week, Stocks, people are talking bearish everywhere. Stocks breaking down. NVIDIA breaches 400. Even some of the, you know, the generals were getting hit. And then boom, three, four days. It's all undone. Bulls grab control here. Do we continue to go with the flow or is there going to be continued chop going forward? What's the Anne-Marie crystal ball look like for the next couple of weeks here? Okay, so my thought is if you're looking at things that are inside of the Russell 2000 or the IWM, you're going to go, this thing's been beaten with a stick. Oh, big time. So definitely you're looking for those smaller components that are going to say, hey, if interest rates come in, I'm going to have more pricing power. I'm not going to have to worry about things like that. So I would look for places that are beaten down that have done well in times past. So um, as far as where that is, I have to tell you, this run surprised me, and it was because I wasn't thinking about the bond market. I wasn't thinking about how much the bond market was going to affect the stock market because my head was in the clouds. Literally, I should have been thinking about that immediately. And so that's where I would go. And a lot of people are, if you look at the IWM monthly chart, that is coming right off of a nasty floor at 162. Yeah. And so it's got a little bit of a run, maybe into 175. But to answer your question, I still think we are in a very big range. I yeah. don't think we get to a new high. I think we're in, you know, a thousand point range in the E-minis. And that, a, a lot of times people are going to go, oh my goodness, that's, but really I do. And and that seems really, really wide, but it very well could be. We could look at 3,500 and 4,500 in having the big range. Do I? We're, we're moving into seasonality. So I say buy the dip with a very clear look at your risk exposure. My thought is small size. Don't go in to try to make hay. Just get in there, get some stuff, watch your size. So if it has to come back into your support floor, you're not in a panic attack and you can move forward with that space. That's really all there is here. You don't want to watch the whole thing go by. And when it gets to 44, 4,500, you go, oh, I guess this is it. I guess I need to, you know, buy something. And it's not... It's not going to do that. If we look at that daily chart, we're in a flag, right? That's a flag pattern. And so when we come to the top of that, there's going to be a decision. Are we going to break out of that flag to the north or are we going to come back in the flag? Very easily, I think we could come back in the flag because there's still a lot of known unknowns, a la what's going on in different parts of the world and all of that. As well as, wait, how many people have been affected by this shift in interest rates? How is that? My thought is people are going to go ahead and buy. They're just going to buy smaller. Anne Marie you know, Ban. Japan a few months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm right. sorry. I thought you stopped. Um, Anne Marie oh, Ban. Right. She's yep. She's the author of the trading book. Joins us here on Pre Market Prep. 
giving us a, a good perspective on the markets. Anne-Marie, thanks for joining us, and we'll have you on My again pleasure. real soon. Thank you. Thanks, Anne. All right. Like always, you guys can check out Anne-Marie Ban on Twitter, also on Benzinga. She does a lot of education, so if you guys want to check that out, definitely also add her on Twitter. I'll throw up her Twitter link right here. You guys can click it. And, of course, give her a nice follow. Let's get back to the markets, Joel. How are we looking in here? Um, definitely riding higher. Now, one thing I do want to mention just because I, I wanted to take a peek at, we haven't looked at it in a while, is oil. Oil starting to climb on this also. Uh, so I'm just yeah, keeping an eye oil's on that been, too. It's been kind of quiet down here. Uh, in the lower 80 handle, uh, there was a lot of uh, you know anticipation what's going on in the, in the Middle East. And, I mean, you just you just can't turn bearish oil here until it breaks eighty bucks. Uh, exactly, I agree with you. 80 and, one thousand know, percent I mean, on that. You know, if you want to list three thousand dollars per contract, I mean, that's just a good level. And I'd say eighty on the downside looks great. And then look at this eighty-five. Let's call it eighty-five sixty area. You got four highs in that area. You got multiple lows in that area. So. If you're a range trader, it looks good, but uh, man, hard, hard to get bearish under 80, and you get a you get a strong 85 bid here, and uh, we'll get maybe take a look at that 90 dollar level again. Uh, as far as the S and P's, I said when we get you know in these pre buy when you get in areas of limited resistance, there's limited resistance. We, we went uh, down through this area very quickly. Like I think you got to think that, about the October highs, 437 to 438 on spy. That's a logical stopping point here. It was only 40 points higher. Do you start lightening Stop up? Stop looking this? at my screen, Dennis. I was just drawing that. Were you drawing that? <laughs> I swear, you guys, ahead? like, look at this. Look at this. Like, I, I was yeah, literally just That's where that. we're heading. It, like, it appears that's where we're heading. I mean, this is an epic. Like, so as much as we were oversold five days ago, now we're overbought. So I don't think you'd be coming in here and saying, I'm buying stocks now. I think you're doing it backwards. So you know how I say this a lot on the show after big moves. I think if you're coming in here and buying stocks today, I believe you're doing it backwards. So I do think there's an inevitable dip to happen. I think we got another 30, 40 handles. If, if you're long, so you could probably press them. We might have the 436, 437 here. But yeah. you start to run into all kinds of overhead supply, 440, 450, like all-time highs. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, the markets don't always have to make sense, but I mean, we're getting back half the losses from September and October in five trading sessions. So let's give a perspective. What Anne Marie said was spot on trading range. That's where we are sideways for the win. I've been saying that too. I think, you know, I'm still remain underinvested in my long term portfolio, even though I did buy a couple of stocks, which I'm very happy that I did. I wish I would have bought more. I still remain underinvested there, but I'm getting 5.75% of the cash that I'm sitting there right now. I think that 5.75% might outperform for the next year. Because let's let's be honest, Thomas Thornton, follow him on Twitter. He's a good follow. He's uh, just tweeted this out. As a reminder, weaker economic data is perceived as good until it isn't. So right now, it's funny. The market is applauding the potential yeah. of a recession here. That is what we are applauding. This data point today is more proof that the economy is starting to slow down. But they want the Fed to be done so badly that the market is willing to sacrifice, you know, a recession here. And yeah. that's what this is showing. You're starting to show that, hey, labor starting to come down. That's on the road to recession. Canada are officially in recession. We know that. Different situation where obviously a lot of Canadians have variable rate mortgages. A lot of Canadians have already been hit with the interest rates. U.S. has not been hit as hard because they're all in the long end. But I still think it's hard to just come in here and say, yeah, all-time highs, baby, let's go. I mean, we just went. You just got five, 20 points up on 410. You just got 5 6% on the S&P in a matter of five days. That's not bad. Joel, I don't know if you wanted to go. It looked like you were winding up there, but I, I wanted to bring in the conversation of the home builders really ripping. Um, I don't know if you guys see that DHI really kind of taking off. Um, was looking at to play this. And the way that I feel is that I think we're going to have like this big, last big ramp in the market. And so I've been talking about, I expect maybe the home builders to come with oversupply on these prices. You guys are seeing DHI take off. I was looking for 100. It only hit it multiple times in the pre-market. So it's kind of hard to come after it. I was waiting for an intraday to kind of maybe take a swing off of that. But I think these home builders can really get moving here. I don't know what you guys think about that. Again, they've already moved. So, I mean, do you want to come in here and chase them here? Look at Toll Brothers. It's up 10%. It's up 12% in two days. 
So yeah, this would have been good two days ago to buy Toll Brothers. Mm -hmm. But now you just came back up and you're coming into the resistance area here. So coming in here and saying buy home builders now is doing it backwards. DHI, a hundred bucks five days ago. It's $116 right now. It just ran up 16% in six days. We're not in 2020. I don't think we're going back to all-time highs. I think it's another selling opportunity here. People ask me about Generac. I sold my Generac yesterday. I'm out of Generac, sold 101, ate the loss because I think the rates are still going to be an issue. I don't think we're just going straight down. Yes, it's nice to have the TLT rally, and that is why Generac rallied 20% in two days off of a crappy report. It was a crappy report. But I think we just got you know a big move in all of these stocks. And I'm not coming in here and buying home builders now. You had to buy them three days ago when everybody was throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. Now you need a pullback. I don't think you can come in here and chase KB Homes, Lennar. They're all up 12 15% in three days. Chasing in 2023 has been a good recipe for losing money. You can look at the rebound on some of these home builders here. And I just pulled up a... a um uh, dr horton that's a pretty nice 50 percent retracement area at the 116 so you know you can look at a pause it's not a you know and you know actual you know just flat out short but if you can or, or a sell but just look at this area uh coincides with some other daily highs in the area so let it shake out the best thing would be and you know is to have a, not just take off another couple days like this but you know Make a couple lows above yesterday's low. Get a little bit of consolidation period and then see if you can take out the high. But, uh, wow, powerful moves. And, I mean, the housing market's kind of been, was kind of giving you a signal, you know, for a while that, uh, that, you know, there's supply. There needs to, houses need to be replaced. It's an older market. People don't need the big houses anymore. They're having one kid. I mean, and. The, the home builders have adjusted to it. So rates are working against them. That's for sure. Uh, but, but it's helping them the last couple of days. So and that's why. So I just, I just want to give perspective here because people Have do to. it wrong so much. This is what retail does wrong. A lot of good retail traders out there. I'm not talking to you. The ones that listen to pre-market prep are very good. But the majority of retail traders chase price, just like analysts. Chase price, chase price. The reason that I'm successful Usually every month, and you know, almost every month trading is that I don't chase. I wait for my setups and then I move in. You know, I always give that story about you know that gentleman that traded in the in the bright trading office when I first started and chased everything. And you know, I watched over the course of six months and basically you know lost his account over the course of six months to a year chasing, 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 chasing. This train's moving. Jump on this one. This train's moving. Jump on this one. Don't jump on the moving trains. You fall under the tracks. Those home builders. Those are absolutely moving trains. They're up 15% in three days. Way too much, way too fast. That's ain't necessarily short. Like, like Nick Shaheen used to say, you know, short in rocket ships isn't a great way to do it either. But chasing can get you. So he'd say too hot, too hot to chase, too or too too hot to short, too high for chasing here. So I mean, that's kind of where I'm at too. I think the setup here is just sit back now. And if you've bought some of these things the last few days, taking profits into the runs. All right. And I, I just to put it in perspective, I'm looking at these for the next quarter, uh, especially going into the next year. So I think Dennis is talking short term. I'm talking no, long term, short term, whatever. Term. You're buying stocks up 15 percent in three days. You're doing it backwards. Wait for a dip, man. Wait for a dip. I think I'm with you. I think, Mitch, if you're just talking fundamentally and you're saying I'm not I'm that's not just I'm, attacking you here, Mitch. Towards. No, no, I'm no. Not, I just I'm want not, to clarify. So you don't have to defend your I'm not I'm not attacking you, Mitch. I'm just saying just chasing here no blindly because it's just clarification is going to be good. So, but even if you think next quarter is going to be good, I think at this point in time, are you buying DHI at one sixteen right now? Because no, that's why I mentioned. I was mentioning one hundred, but I just couldn't get it. It was in pre market multiple times there at one hundred. Oh, right. Yeah, like so you're not chasing. Day. Yeah, you, you're, you're. So just to clarify, you're not saying I'm going to buy a DHI today. at one sixteen. No, right I, now. I'm pointing out the move of fifteen percent recent. And the chat pointed it out too, how the home builders were just so strong. So I just wanted to kind of bring it into the conversation there. Yeah. And it's Let's, a good conversation. This is where your profit taking is some of this stuff. Some of the stuff mm -hmm. that, you know, hey, maybe everybody's like, this is it. The Fed's done. They're cutting rates tomorrow. Let's go. LFG, LFG. That's what they're saying. That's what the market's saying here. But it's not going to be that simple, folks. The only reason they're going to start cutting rates is if the economy falls off a cliff. Say it again. I'm going to repeat myself. You don't like when I repeat myself, but it's important here. The only reason 
They will cut rates in 2024 is if the economy and the data, because they're data dependent, fall off a cliff. And that's not going to be good for stocks. So I think the Fed is done raising, and that is good for stocks. And the TLT is giving us this nice lift. But you can't get married to a lot of these trades because it's not going to be just simple, Simon. They're cutting rates, and we're going to be back down at 2% next year. It's not happening. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Of course, it is Friday, so we'll see what happens. Of course, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, Joel, who will we have on Monday, and what's your last levels for the day? Uh, Mr. Quast is coming on. Tim Quast yeah, will be joining we'll us. Back yep, to the yep. Structure we'll Mondays, market structure Yeah, he Mondays. was flexing his muscles on the bear call. Well, I hope he flipped it around. Uh, we'll just go with the pre-market high at 61 and a quarter, and I'll just – I. I misspoke. There is a your October 19th high. That wasn't too long ago. Or was it uh 4366.50? So if you're getting some follow through through the pre-market high, take a look at that 4366.50. And uh that's about it for today. It looks like we're gonna knock have a four-day winning streak. All things considered, stay the same. Five-day winning streak here for the SP 500. All right, that's going to do it for Joel Conan. Have a good one. Of course, you guys can catch him on Pre-Market Prep Plus and the closing print. Dennis, ready to get after it, my friend? I know I am. Have a good one, Dennis. I'll let you hop out of here unless you want to yeah. do some more comments here. I'll no, let- no, just again, just keeping it in perspective here, we've come a long ways. You can have your bull cap on. It's okay. Wait for dips. The home builders, 50% retracement, DHI, maybe some bad news. Maybe something comes in. You get back down to 105, 106. Maybe you are thinking about that. You know, you may have a case. If rates are going to stop going higher, some of these stocks may start to perform here. Just don't chase. That's what my point is. Just, you know, don't chase. All right. Love it, Dennis. Good wrap up. I'll get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. And if you guys haven't checked out our trading competition, we've been battling yesterday, talked about maybe going after risk on type of names, momentum names, top play yesterday, a firm. So let's see what we can come up with today. And let's see if those growth trades turn around. Of course, you guys can catch this right here. You don't got to go anywhere. Stay right here for the live trading competition, the rule the pool competition, but trade the pool up next. Don't go anywhere, team. And we'll see what we can come up with today. Let's see what we can get after.